Welcome. My name is Nikkei Roach, and welcome to another episode of The No Zone, where we get together with uh, veterans from all, all branches and family members to discuss issues affecting veterans from healthcare to benefits to preparing for the future and preparing from what happened in the past. My name, of course, is Nikkei Roach, and I'm a former United States Army medic, Gulf War veteran, and my co-host is Jesse Almanza. Jesse, go ahead. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everyone, depending on where you're at. Uh, right now, we are Pacific time, 5 p.m. Uh, my name is Jesse Almanza. I'm retired gunnery sergeant, United States Marine Corps. Excellent. Well, those of you who are here and here who are live, by all means, ask the questions below. We try to address them in a timely manner. Sometimes we can address them right here and now, and sometimes we have to wait until, you know, the show is over. So I want to go ahead and get started now. The topic of today is, is you know, what happens in the foreseeable future? Now, you know where you are now, you know where you're preparing, you're, but you don't know, you know, what are some of, the, some of the benefits that are available for you when you pass on? And if you prepare accordingly, chances are, you know, things will go smoothly, not only for you, but also to your loved one. So let's go ahead and start talking about preparation for the inevitable. Jesse, I'm going to let you take it from there. Okay, well, before I do take over, Nikki, I'm going to throw it back at you so you can kind of uh, enlighten us on our disclosures that we have for our for our session here. Or our, uh, of course, of course. And, and, and before I go, I want I have to do something which is really, really important because I, I suspect that a lot of you, if I can pull it up, I don't know why it disappeared. And I have to share our disclaimer, um, neither myself nor our guests or authorized VA representative, or do we represent any state, local, or federal agencies? We do not represent a golf, a, not a golf, but a law firm or a VSO. We are just private citizens who share our insights, our experience, and what we learn from, from doing our own research. You can do your own due diligence and learn the same thing that we have, but it takes you a little time, and we just kind of digest it a little there. So our main focus, again, back to is preparing for burial. And I know it's like a topic that you, you probably don't want to hear about, but we wanted to preface that because there's a lot of things we talk about while you're still living, but what happens down the road when you start to prepare for the hereafter? And if you prepare accordingly, there are a lot of benefits available for you and available benefits to your beneficiaries, those folks who stay around long after you're here. So I'll let Jesse take it from there. All right, DK, thank you. And that was Gunnery Sergeant, United States Marine Corps, retired. I forgot to mention that. I am retired. You let me say that retired part. Eh? That emphasis on the retired part, right? That's right. Even though you're still clean shaven, you're still cl clean shaven and probably still to, to Marine Corps standards, maybe a little, a little, little more around the edges, a little less than high and tight, but I still think the Corps will let you in. I think so, too. I, I think so, most definitely. Uh, Yes, um, we, it's a topic of discussion that maybe a lot of us do not end up uh, talking about it until something happens. And um, I, the reason I wanted to kind of bring this out is because most recently I've had friends, family members, you know, that are, are veterans and so on, that have passed on and then the family members themselves start asking the questions that, in my opinion, should have been asked prior to something happening and stuff. And... Uh, uh, we're all human beings. We are, we're all going to pass on somewhere along the line. Uh, those, all of us veterans here understand or should understand that because we do hold the title of veterans and serving in the armed forces, we do have some benefits 
that we can actually tap into. Not a lot of money involved here. It's something that the uh, military uh, or the Veterans Association uh, will, will assist you with. And uh, for those of you who are tuning in or maybe still active duty, uh, your benefits are probably a little bit more enhanced because you are actually serving on an active duty capacity as opposed to those who are veterans who've already moved out of the military and so on and so on. Uh, when you talk about veterans benefits going towards um, burial services, first and foremost, what you, what you must understand is that there's, there's a certain amount of money that, that you get, and it's not a lot. It's something like about a $300 cap that the Veterans Administration will help you with your, let's say your plot, if you need a plot and stuff. And, and maybe they'll throw in another six, $700 more if for some reason you need some assistance with the burial and stuff. Uh, but that's because you're a veteran and they're going to assist you with that. All in all, you're talking about a grand, a little over a grand that may help put into that kitty because you know as well as I know that it takes a lot more than that to be able to move somebody on. And um, that that is definitely help. However, along with that, and, and I'm going to break it down into two areas because the entitlements are, 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 are kind of like, depending on where you pass on, it's going to also depend on how much you're going to get. And, and the reason I say that is because, let's say, for example, you are in a VA facility when you pass on. I mean, maybe you were on a VA retirement home, a VA hospital, or something of that nature, and your loved one passes on, and that happens to be the last final place where they were at. Now, because you were actually in the actual hands of the Veterans Administration, you're going to get a little bit more out of the deal. You're not going to get the $1,000 on or, on or about. You're going to get a little bit more, but that, that's also associated with uh, where you're at at that so, point. So, care. so I wanted to, I, and, and I, I wanted to just make sure folks, you know, veterans and their family understand that, you know, it, it might be better to start, you know, if you have a, I mean, if I'm, if I'm hearing you right, if you are, have a veteran who's a little older or a little bit more, you know, sickly, or there's a potential that they're going to be sick, it may be a good idea to, to transfer them from a civilian facility, maybe over to the, to a VA facility or, or some uh, veterans administration or state roaming veterans home, you know, because there is a little bit more, um, a little more benefit than, than say, you know, passing away at, at a local, uh, you know, commercial, I don't want to say commercial, but a private hospital. A civilian oriented type hospital, yeah. A hospital, hospital. So that, that's absolutely right. You know, you are better off with a few dollars more in the event that that's going to help and assist you as you move on. Plus, the better part of it is that you'll get a better understanding because you'll get more information on other entitlements because there are other entitlements associated with burial benefits as well. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a, in, in a minute or so. But as opposed to being in the hospital, VA hospital, we've, we've had sessions in the past where Nikkei and I have talked about encouraging everybody to, if you're not already a member of the VA hospital and you are a veteran, uh, you should go down there and apply for it. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, you're a veteran, you rate treatment and so on and so on. So right now would be about a good time to go and enroll. I know it took me forever when I uh, got out of the military because I was still TRICARE and I was retired. Uh, 
I really wasn't doing anything with the Veterans Hospital itself. It wasn't until later on after I retired when I actually went and enrolled for VA Hospital Services. I'm talking 10. And, and I want to ask a question because, you know, this is a common question that I get asked and I know the answer, but I would let you answer. Do you have to be service connected or on some rating level to be, you know, admitted to the hospital or to a VA facility or healthcare facility run by the Department of Veterans Affairs? Absolutely not. You do not have to have a rating uh, in any way, shape or form, uh, 10 percent, 30, 50, whatever the case may be. You don't have to have a rating to be able to go and enroll in the VA hospital for services. You know, from there on out, moving forward after you do that, you know, you start establishing in, uh, yourself within the VA facility. You start identifying your 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 entitlements or what what you're eligible for and so on and so on, because Honestly, nobody knows when they're going to go. Uh, nobody knows that. Unfortunately, that's one of the things that, you know, we always encourage for people to look at ahead of time because there has some, some uh, family members as well as veteran friends that have passed on most recently within the last month, month and a half or so. You know, I always encourage people to know and understand that, you know, if you, you have to get your yourself together so you can understand, you know, and, and I, I keep saying to myself, what am I waiting for? Am, am I waiting for the day? Well, I'll never know when that day is going to come. So the day is now. The day is today. The day is right now to find out exactly where it is that I'm going to be at. So if I kind of put things into perspective in regards to what your eligibility requirement or your eligibility entitlements are, for a VA veteran, it, it, it depends on where you're at at the time of where you pass. As I mentioned before, if you happen to be in a facility, in care, something that has to do with the VA, you're gonna get a little bit more entitlement as opposed to if you just are at home or if you're in a regular hospital, you're still gonna get an entitlement, but it's not gonna be as much. So there is a difference there. And as I mentioned, if you're listening to the podcast or if you know someone who is active duty, their burial benefits are different. You know, they're going to get 100% transportation. They're going to get, you know, uh, taken to the Homer Breckler or a national cemetery and a casket's going to be paid for and so on and so on. So, so there's there's a difference. Uh, you know, I, I used to think a long time ago that everything was the same. The VA would pay. If you die, they're going to pay you everything. Uh, and that's not true. As I started looking into it, there are some certain requirements, certain entitlements that I am and I'm not going to get. As a retired person, I may get a little bit more than the person who did do a whole 20 But it doesn't mean that the person that didn't do an entirely 20 years is not going to be taken care of because they are going to be taken care of. So you have to do your due diligence. And honestly, if you tie yourself into a good mortuary or a good uh, organization that, that deals with this, uh, you probably will know that you may not even have to do anything once you go and confront them and talk to them and stuff because they have a down path. They know exactly what your retirement eligibilities are. They know who to contact to help you out. You know, I, I'm, the thing, the one that comes to my mind almost immediately is called Dignity. Uh, uh, Dignity Company Incorporated or whatever. They're all over the United States. Dignity is the, the actual word. Now, uh, one thing that I wanted to do, uh, just a quick, you know, information for, for those of you who, who have some questions, by all means, you know, ask them below. 
and we'll address. We don't have a question right now, but if you do, by all means. And we're talking to retired gunnery sergeant Jesse Almanza, who uh, finally moved to North Carolina and started really doing a, a research into helping veterans. Now, if you want to find out more and it's after hours or for some reason we are not able to get back with you in a timely manner, by all means, go, you know, what you see scrolling at the bottom of the screen is GolfWarVeteransCoffee.com. And no, we don't sell coffee. Um, it is actually named after the event that we do usually once a month on the second Saturday here in North Carolina. So whenever things kind of, you know, normalize, we're going to go back and do that. So I just want to make sure we know that. And that, of course, you can always, you know, interact with us on our Facebook page and all of our other social media pages. So, Jesse, go right ahead. Sure. And just like anything else that we've covered or talked about, about the VA and about entitlements and about receiving benefits is that you have to apply for these things. And that's important to understand because you you might go to a cemetery and, and, or a funeral home or whatever. They might have all the information on it. But the bottom line is that you still have to complete certain documentations to receive your benefits and stuff. And that form, the VA form, is a 21P-530. That's the actual application form 21P-530. So you can pull that form on. You can look at it today, you know, or the next day, kind of review it and see what type of information is on there. You know, these, these are things of planning and, and, and preparing and stuff. So you're able to be able to see what you're going to need and stuff. Uh, and what you're going to need basically is a lot of information. It, now you, you as a, you as a veteran that passed on, obviously you're not going to need anything because you're just not going to need it. You won't be around. You won't need it anymore. <laughs> your significant others, your dependents, your, 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 your relative, your friends, sons, daughters, they will need this information because they're the ones that are being taken care of you and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're going to acknowledge, you know, uh, you, they're the ones that are going to take care of whatever preparation needs to be done. And, and I think that's a good, a good time to segue into, you know, the, you, you won't need any of this after you finish, after you finish hours. I mean, after, after your, your tour of duty, which is your life, you know, once you're done, you, you're not going to need to be involved in it. It's going to be all your loved ones. And I think it, it's probably a good idea right now to kind of talk just a little bit back before you do that final, you know, drill and ceremony is getting everything in order, prepping, you know, for the inevitable. Now, do you have your power of attorney in place that is going to be, you know, your family member or your lawyer or somebody who's going to help and get everything straight? Do you have a will set up? Do you have all of the necessary paperwork that are in place prior to you getting to the burial point? Have you had your wishes and your desires? Do you have your specific music? Anything you want to be done before you get that? It's time to do that. There are multiple horror stories that Jesse and I could share about things where people do not prepare. You know, you prepare to fight, you fight the way you prepare. Same thing. When you go to check out, get yourself in order, get all your paperwork. You know, if you have a fiduciary, if you have somebody who has to have access to your bank account to make sure that they can pay for it. I'm going to tell you something really, really uh, interesting is that the veteran has 100% access and they have a loved one. It gets really sticky because the loved one can get access to the bank account okay so if you know that you need a secondary person in there maybe it's a spouse maybe it's a brother maybe it's a child whoever it is you know you have to put them in charge and, and it's a trustworthy individual because you do not want 
when your final, final, you know, you do that, that final drill and ceremony that they don't have enough money to pay for a funeral. And, and like Jesse said, you know, maybe it's a couple of hundred dollars or maybe it's a thousand dollars. You know, funerals can be anywhere from, you know, on a cheap end, $2,000 to the more expensive can be 15 to $30,000 depends on the elaborate, you know, elaborate funerals. So who do you think is going to pay for that? And if they can't get access to your funds, it gets a little sticky and they have to, you know, basically throw you in a pine box and cook your bones. Okay. So that's a little graphic, but we just want to get there. So make sure you have all this prep long before while you're healthy, while you're still walking around, while you're still breathing, while everything is still mostly functioning, get all that paperwork ready because you do not want, you know, your loved one to have to be saddled with a bill and it, it just wipes them out and they can't get access and everything goes into probate. And if you know anything about probate, it basically means they shut down everything until they figure out what they're going to do. And then somebody, the, the court system takes care of it rather than you giving your wishes that you can do. So just want to put that one in. Yeah, somebody else will end up with your stuff if, you don't, if you're not careful about that. So okay, I <laughs> yeah. And I think Nika also hit some of the areas that I was going to talk about in regards to getting your paperwork, your, your bank situation. Just recently, my wife and I had did an application for something we were going to purchase. I believe it was my car and stuff and um i oh my gosh she's been in my account for 10 years already we've been having a joint account but when i went to do an application she wouldn't be included because she wasn't actually on the account even though she was on the account if you understand what i'm talking about mm -hmm. you know the bank kind of clarified it and said well yeah she's on your account but you know she's not really a primary or she we need to get her enrolled into the account and i'm like you should have told me this 10 years ago. Well, not true. I should have known 10 years ago. So it's one of these things that where you don't want to mess up on. You hit it good, Nikki, when you said you may find out that someone may not be on that account. And I mean, there, there are multiple people who've been married for, you know, many, many years who do not have their spouse or their loved one. Now, if you have a divorce, you just have to, you know, get that all worked out. But if there's somebody you're going to spend the rest of your life with, they should be jointly active in your account. Meaning if you die for whatever reason, you know, get hit by a bus or just, you know, fall over, they can get access because they're going to have to pay for all these different services. Somebody's going to pay for it. And it's the, the person that, but if they don't have, I have a, I have a, I have a friend of ours who was a, who was a guest right here, just who was a guest, who was a veteran, just right in the same space who they had a very similar situation and it did not turn out well. They're still trying to figure out how to solve that. GoFundMe comes to, comes to reality because they can't get access to the family. It's not that the family don't have the money. It's that the surviving spouse can't get access to the money and GoFundMe is what they have to do. Not a good thing if you know that the person should, could have got this. So get your paperwork in ready while you're still breathing. It's not a conversation, you know, it's not a matter of emotion. I don't feel like maybe I'm gonna live. I don't know. It is time to do it. Take care of it because it's an ugly situation. And it is, it is, it is, you know, and I don't want to say make it sound so bad, but one might even call it dereliction of duty if you don't if you don't prepare your 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 wishes before you depart. Yeah. Well, yeah. So and, and just so you know, we did we do talk real stuff here this is real reality stuff and i think if uh with with helping each other out understanding a little bit more 
about how all of this stuff works, I think I think we'll be in better standing and stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk real briefly about is in regards to make sure that if you have some sort of a um, insurance insurance plan locked into, if you happen to be retired and you're drawing a retirement pay, and you've got a, you've got an allowance for your VGLI and all this other stuff that you may have put aside, make sure that you have your spouse in there as a beneficiary for that account because. When you're gone, everything stops automatically. And if there's nobody on that list there, if nobody has been assigned, I can guarantee you it's gonna you're gonna get hell trying to get trying to get that information taken care of. Uh, oh, uh, and, and, and and funny enough, that's that's a good point that you, you just popped up in with this is why it's important. Did you know, and, and you may not know this, that the day you die, your POA, meaning it could be the DAV. It could have been the Marine Corps League. It could be AMVETS. It could be the Purple Heart. It can be your state VSO or your city VSO, your county VSO. It could be the North Carolina Department of Veterans and, you know, and whatever services, which is a VSO as well. Did you know that the day you die, that your, PA, your, PA, your, your power of attorney that is associated with the VA ends? They can no longer get access to your account, period. The day you die, that contract that you signed with your PAO ended. If you die February 25th, on February 25th, you automatically, automatically, your PAO, your power of attorney that you have associated with the VA ends. That's why it's important to have all this paperwork which survives after you die. <laughs> so don't think that just because you have a power of attorney, it, it survives after you die. Those contracts end when you die because, hey, it is what it is. It's not supposed to survive past you. Just FYI. Right. And, and I think that's very, very good point and stuff. And, and we want to bring this across to you because, like I said, most recently, some of my family members uh, that I know of uh, most, most recently and some of my friends that have passed and, and, you know, we get the call and we, you know, I, I get asked, what do I do? Who do I call? You know, and I'm like. Okay, so I will give them directions. I will give them people to call and stuff. But really, if you start preparing ahead of time, if you start looking at that form that I mentioned a while ago, and you start getting yourself educated, make sure that all your documents are in order. Make sure that your significant other or whoever you have as a beneficiary is in your... I, I, I checked two different areas. Number one, I checked my uh, retirement pay to make sure that my... Uh, that my VGLI is actually my wife is 100% and so on and so on. I've got to check that. And then if you go to the e-benefits as well, too, you there's another one that pops up in there that will ask you, you know, for some reason it will say that you have not uh, elected a beneficiary. Make sure that you've elected a beneficiary in that area as well, too, because when you're talking e-benefits and you're talking retirement pay, you're talking two different stories here now. You're talking about where you've been at with your actual maybe maybe your ratings maybe your your your, your requirement or your eligibilities or your benefits for school or you know so on and so on so you have to make sure that you have all angles all areas covered and stuff and just keep and, looking sure and, and it's funny because if we're going to go back to payment now if you never paid attention to this if you if you're rated probably 10 percent or above you got a little booklet that asks you if you want to take a little bit of that money and set it aside for life insurance. It's interesting. 
uh, because I never paid attention to it until recently. I was looking at it. You know, for a couple of hundred, a couple of dollars a, a month, you get another level of health insurance on top of that. Now, this is a case you don't have your own civilian life insurance or, you know, these are burial insurance or you just want to have a secondary. And it's not that expensive. The cool part about this one, speaking of this one, since we are on that subject of burial, is that it's a little bit is taken out of your disability compensation. So they just hold it back a little bit. You don't even see it. So after a while, you forget about it. And it's just there and it just kind of gets it gets ticked off and it's a secondary form of life insurance so the va know when you did and the reason why the va knows is because if, if if you die all those agencies have to notify everybody and the va is on that list <laughs> places they get notified if you're a veteran you die the va knows usually within a day or so maybe a little longer that you have passed away and they will start sending out all the red flags to shut you down and shut all your benefits and shut all this stuff and it gets all creepy, creepy, but prep, 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 prep. I think the message here is prep before they put you in the ground. Don't wait until you're in the ground or until you're at the coroner's office to say, oh, my God, I should have did all that. Yeah, proper prior planning. That's all it takes right there. You know, and the last, the, the last part I want to talk about this is in regards to the the services that you get once you get ready to get go to a burial site or whatever. If you are a veteran, whether you were 20 years plus service or not, you have burial benefits. Um, if you are 20 plus years or if you're active military, you're going to automatically get the burial. Backfolding, you might, you might get some extra benefits along the way and stuff. But if you're a veteran and you feel, well, I don't rate anything because I was only in for six months or whatever that's not true there are honor what they call honor guards throughout the entire united states a lot of them are hosted by the bfws uh some of them with your uh other posts that you may be your uh, marine corps league post uh i actually am participating in an honor guard for the davis davidson county honor guard society which um will enable me to go out there and help lay a former veteran on the on the final route providing provide them or provide the surviving spouse or significant other or whomever with their proper flag uh give them a burial uh, a burial and send them off with the traditional 21 gun salute uh maybe you're not familiar with the 21 gun salute uh, sometimes it gets confused because there's 21 gun salutes for ceremonies and stuff but there's 21 gun salutes for burials as well too and the burials for the 21 gun salute basically is your traditional 21 shots fired while you know they're playing taps on you and so on and so on. Uh, you rate all of that information. Uh, go to your local VFW, go to your Marine Corps League or whatever it is that are veteran associated type organizations from within your area there and ask them, okay, who provides this service for us? You know, sometimes you know, they, you know, you can give them a donation, you know, it, it's free, by the way, but if you give them a donation, that's fine. It is not a big thing because that's how they survive to get into their uniforms and it's all, they're all decked out. They're in military uniforms, all representing each branch of service. They don't all have Marine Corps uniforms on or Army uniforms or Navy. They're all in one group and they each have their proper credentials on the type of branch or service that they were actually involved with. So they service everyone. So. Don't feel that you're going to be left out. And if you don't know about it, 
The easiest way to find out is get a hold of your VFWs and ask them about uh, the honor guard. Uh, if you want to prepare and plan for that, you can call them ahead of time. You can, they can give you an idea of how they will work with you and, and how they will assist you. And, and one of the other flip sides of that is, I'm glad you brought up the honor guards, is the honor guy, and I know one of, one of, our, uh, one of our patients at our office, her husband is an honor guard for the, for the Navy. Um, and, but he's, he's still, he's still on the reserves and, and he still goes on active duty and everything like that, but he's also an honor guard. The other thing is, is the honor guard, it depends on what part of the country you are. They're always, they're always in need. I mean, I, I and what I'm saying is if you still, you know, can put on your uniform <laughs> and you, you haven't like, like me, got a little chubby around the midsection, then they're always looking for an honor guard to go on on a Saturday or a Sunday, depending on when they're going to lay the veteran down or put him, put him or her to their final resting location. The honor guards are often. So if you're part of the VFW or maybe you're not even part of the VFW, but you have, I know locally, you know, Cliff, who's very active, he constantly is looking for volunteers and, and people want to participate as an honor guard. And it's it's a great prestige, and they help you out, and there's a couple other things that go along with it. But but don't always look at the receiving. You know, be on the giving side. You know, be the one who, if you have the time and you have the capability, then yes, become an honor guard yourself. I mean, it it is from Cliff goes. I think he goes from Salisbury to like Raleigh, and he's and he's retired, so he has a little bit more time. But there are people from all branches and and officers as well as enlisted who who. Who, who volunteer their time to put their uniform back on and to be there for that veteran because sometimes these burial sites, they're not the most convenient and it's it's away from bigger cities where most of the national cemeteries are and where the honor guards go. Sometimes they're at private cemeteries in you know distant parts of the state. So the honor guard uh, availability is there as a receiver, but also as someone who wants to participate. That's true. So if you need any information in our area, my area, which is Winston-Salem as well, uh, let me know. Give me a call. Send me a text message. I'll be happy to that direction. But overall, in closing here, just to kind of recap, is that burial expenses could be assisted by the VA. And depending on where you're at or what happens and, uh, at the time of death, uh, you could uh, receive different amount of compensations. And it's not one lump one amount that I've always thought that, okay, well, they're going to take care of me. They're going to do everything for me. It's different. You have to really do your, your due diligence and look to see what it is that you've got coming so you can plan and prepare for it and stuff. Active duty, you're for active duty. You're going to be taken care of either way around and stuff. You get a little bit more uh, benefits there because you're actually part of the actual federal government. At that point in time, you are serving actively in the military. So they're going to take care of you. Us veterans are going to take care of us anyway. But there's going to be variations as to what that taking care of will look like. You have to do your due diligence on that. Check into it. Take care of your finances. Make sure that you've got you know, your information that you need to have. It's all accurate. Check the deers if you happen to still be dealing with deers. E-benefits. Uh, this information, by the way, can be found in the VA.gov website. Uh, it's under compensation where you get all... Everything from burials to uh, educational benefits to rating benefits and so on and so on. I'm not talking to you because I'm just making things up. It is in that area there. And, 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 and you can go in there and you look at yourself, the forms that you need to, to identify with. 
and get and, and fill out. They're all in there. You can download them in, a, in the drop of a dime. All you have to do is push the button on it, and they're there for you and stuff. So please take advantage of that, and 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 plan and prepare. And those those who um, are able to get this information and utilize it, please by all means. This is what it is all about. This is real stuff. Stuff that does happen, and we want you to be uh, prepared for this. So part of that comes from the heart most of it comes from the heart all of it comes from the heart just keep in mind we're all veterans we take care of each other and we send each other away just the way we do on a daily basis is just be thinking about us ourselves and stuff as well all right well thank you very much again jesse and thank you for those of you who asked questions um, i apologize i didn't get a chance to, to answer all those and jesse didn't get a chance to answer them just go ahead and also, you know, when time permits, go ahead and go over to golfwarveteranscoffee.com. We're still, of course, transforming things because of the time and period that we're in. Um, we just want to make sure that people stay safe. But also, there are so many things in the works. I mean, there are so many things that are just like planned. We literally have to hold back the water because like, let's, let's do this, let's do this. But we have to hold back the water. And if you'd like to participate and be a part of this revolution, and I say revolution of Gulf War veterans, and we're, we're looking for folks who want to be a part of what we're doing. Well, we're not going to tell you everything what we're doing now. And if you, you know, decide to be you know, an active participant and actually start working with us, we'll share a lot more than what we're sharing here. So by all means, get in contact with Jesse or go, you know, send a note to through our, our, our either our social media page or the Facebook or, or a regular web page. And then get active. And this is, this is something that I'll leave you with and we'll leave you with before we move on is stay active, stay productive, stay engaged. Stay active, stay productive, stay engaged. One of the biggest things that hurt our veterans and, and ourselves and myself included as well as Jesse is when you lose your mission. Get another mission. You are the commander. Get yourself another mission. Stay active, stay productive, stay engaged and connect with other veterans. Don't just sit there at home, you know, just by yourself. Find another veteran. If it's me, Jesse, or some of the millions of veterans around the world, you know, be they part of the United States or part of a, one of our allies, get in contact with them, stay engaged with them because that's what gives us our next mission. Okay? We'll see you next uh, time. <laughs> see you next time. All right. Stay safe. Bye. Travel well. Bye for now. Bye.